Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. This past Wednesday, I'm not sure if you tuned in or not, but this past Wednesday we had our second Q&A really about the pandemic and the crisis that we're all in. I mean, you know, Captain Obvious, I don't have to explain. It's just been a crazy thing. But we, right here, guys, i got to be honest with you, we had an amazing time talking about the Word of God. We were talking about Jesus is our only hope. i got to be honest with you, it was so amazing. And, and people ask me, how do you think it went? And I'm going, yes, I, I truly believe it was Holy Spirit inspired, and I'll tell you why. Because I would, I would ask questions, and, and they, didn't, they, didn't, they weren't before, they're, they're right off the cuff. And, and they would answer them, and I think it's the Holy Spirit led. And we were taking just some amazing questions. Now, while we were talking, I don't know if you recall, we, we, um, uh, you were also shooting texts that I would get on my phone so I could ask them on the spot. Well, here's the thing, right? All the questions were amazing. I'm not sure if Tony Early, if you're watching, but the one about the hair, I'm not sure. I mean, it looked good on Wednesday, but Sunday, I don't know. I mean, just, uh, but anyways, they were all good, but one stood out particular to me. I don't know if it did to you. Now, labor with me for just a moment as I read the question. This is the question that actually came in, and it's, quote, all believers, do we need to simply put on the, or I'm sorry, as believers, do we need to simply put on the armor of God through faith and prayer, live our lives, ignore the media, and cast our fears on Jesus and not think of what the, if we get the virus, end quote. That was the question, okay? As believers, the question was, do we need to simply put on the whole armor of God through faith and prayer, live our lives, ignore the media, cast our fears to Jesus, and not think, what if we get the virus? Now, that's, 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 there's a lot of questions in the one question, okay? But that really stood out to me, okay? Now, I think that's a great question, and you go, why? Because as believers... And in a world, if you will, that's gone crazy. And what I mean by gone crazy is sometimes I'll go to the grocery store and I really want to video it because I don't know if anybody's going to believe us that we are walking around with masks and, and gloves. And I mean, it's just, I mean, that's how, that's how crazy it is. It's just crazy to me. Yesterday, as we were, we were going into Walmart, they had these loudspeakers, and it was like, and I mean, these crazy things, and it just made me think of end time stuff, you know, like movies that you've seen, that's like, please watch. Anyways, so the point is, is yes, I mean, basically, here's the thing. Um, in the world that's gone crazy, uh, as believers, in a time where the world is crazy, you get that, where our lives are turned upside down, should we put on the whole armor of God? Church. Yes. Absolutely. See, Paul tells us that we have to do this. It's so important. You go, why? Because he says, so that you will be able to resist the enemy in a time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Okay? So, pandemic, crisis, we still should always put on the whole armor of God. Can I get an amen from those that are here? You go, amen. Okay. Right? So yes, always do that. You want to stand firm no matter what. You go, amen, Ben. The second part of the question is this. Through faith and prayer, live our lives. Absolutely yes. Through faith and prayer, we should absolutely answer yes. Why? Listen, I don't know if you know this, but you are called by God to live your life for him. You see, here's the thing, guys. When you gave your life to Jesus, you gave it to him. 
It wasn't like, hey, God, you can have my arm, but give me the rest, and, or maybe my feet. You gave him all of your life. And so your goal in life is to glorify the Lord. Okay, glorify him in all that you do and only him. That's what we should do. Remember, no matter what circumstances are, we must live for Jesus each and every day. That's the goal. That's the goal. Well, Pastor Ben, should we ignore the media? The question goes on. Should we ignore the media? Well, that's a great question. And the answer is yes and no. What do you mean yes and no? Well, I think we need to stay informed. Wouldn't you agree? We need to stay informed about what's going on in our world. Um, we need to find out what our president is doing and what our governor saying and our local officials and city council. Yes. But listen to me. Listen to me. We don't have a steady diet of it. We don't have a steady diet of it. Now, let me just say this. Whether corona or something else, a steady diet of the media is not good. I'm sorry, but if you watch the news 24-7, you walk away down, depressed, because it's we live in a wicked and fallen world. And it may not have anything to do with COVID-19. It may not have anything to do with the virus, but it may be just the world. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's, 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 it's crazy. Let me say this to you, and I love this. This is what our pastor used to say. Never lay it, never, let us never trade what we do know for what we don't know. And you go, why? Okay, let me explain. Uh, steady diet of the media, guys, we often come away going, I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know who's telling me the truth. You guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, it could be a great article and you're like, how do I know that's true? Or it could be something horrendous and you go, I don't know if that's true. We both know that there's a lot of false news. So you go, okay, so what do you mean by that? Well, never trade that, what you don't know, right, for, uh, never trade what you do know for what you don't know. And you go, Ben, what, what are you saying? Well, here's what I'm saying. We know the word of God is true. We know the word of God is true. That's the one thing that's true. And so what I would say is instead of focusing on the media 24-7, you hang out in the word of God. And I think this should be your constant companion no matter where you go. I think it should be everywhere you are. If you have five minutes here, you're doing this, you can get and you can saturate yourself in the word of God. Why? Because I know it's true. I also think we need to spend time in worship. Pastor Soph told a story two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, where he actually got a day off from his job, and he said he spent two hours in, in prayer and worship. And that's not to brag on Pastor Soph, but I think it's, it's something that's needed that we need to do. I mean, when he said that, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And there are so many times when you can just sit outside, guys, in your backyard, you can look at the clouds and put on some worship music and just, and just go for it, man. Just go for it. Why? Listen to me. Because we may never get another chance like this. Okay, so what, what the enemy might mean for evil, let's, let's turn it on its head and let's turn it for good. How so? Worship the Lord. Spend time in his word. You gotta stay home. Amen. We have more time to worship Jesus. And we can connect. And we can connect and we can see, God, wow, what great clouds you make, man. 
what great clouds you made. What, a, what an amazing, oh, wow, Lord, this is so good. Take that time. Be careful not to get busy, too busy, even now. Be careful, okay? We may never get a little chance like this. Now, the last part of the question, okay? The last part of the question that intrigued me, she said, should we cast our fears to Jesus or on Jesus and not think of what if I get the virus, okay? The answer is, biblical, you should always cast your cares upon Jesus because the word of God says, for he cares for us. So always cast your cares, Okay, so as you're walking to Home Depot, you're walking to Market Street, or you're walking around the park, you're always casting your care. Lord, here's my cares. Here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm tripping about, man. Here's what, here's what the anxiety is, whether it's my health, it's the COVID-19, or you're afraid of the virus, or you just, or you just got, you just got, just, man, man, you just, just cast, cast your cares upon him. That's biblical. But if you're taking notes, okay, I've said this for a year. I want you to jot this down. Now, trust me, it's going to be in our text. It's going, to, it's going to be in our text. Okay, I've said this for years. Plan your lives. Plan your lives like Jesus is not coming back for a hundred years. But live your life like Jesus is coming back in the next five seconds. Just. See what I'm tracking, right? Yes, this is, this is what I've said. You need, to, you need to plan your lives like Jesus isn't coming back, okay? So, so man, what is that going to look like? But we need to live like he's coming back today. You need to live like that. We need to, listen to me, we need to plan our lives in and around the virus, okay? You can't stop living. You can't let fear cripple you. That's what it wants to do. It wants to cripple you from going out, from seeing people, from touching things. We need to plan, guys, plan our lives in and around the virus. Guys, we need to plan what next month looks like in our homes. What does May look like in our, what is it going to look like in our churches? What is it going to look like in our worlds? I think we also, and, and check this out, right? We need to plan what Christmas could look like this year. We've learned a lot through this. And maybe for us, it's not, hey man, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bunch of presents under a tree. Maybe Christmas for us this year is that we're going to reach out to people. I, I, we, 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 we've got a plan. Why? Let me just say this. Okay, you ready? Planning is essential to our lives and it's biblical. Planning is essential to our lives and it's biblical. Now, Paul is writing today because he wants to remind us that planning is a part of life. I think it's important, okay? But he also wants to remind us that living for Jesus means, you ready? Check this out, that he can change our plans whenever he wants to. You tracking with me? You guys, you're not in your head at home, okay? He's going to write to us, planning is essential. Guys, it's part of life. We need to do it. But living our life means Jesus can change that plan whenever he wants to. Now, the principle, okay, jot this down. Here's the principle we need to learn today, okay? The principle is Paul is reminding us that he has plans, okay? I'll show you the principle in just a second. He's going to tell us that he plans to go to Corinth. I think it's amazing, okay? He's going to visit Corinth. He plans church to go to Macedonia, okay? He has plans, but I want you to see, okay, here's the principle, that he has a foundation principle based 
before the plants. Okay? You have to have a fountain. Pastor, pastor, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean exactly? What do you mean? Well, think about it, okay? If you and I have plans, we must have a foundation of principles for those plans to work. And you go, what do you mean? Well, let me unpack it like this, okay? Many, many years ago, okay, I had a job and I was working. I was a district manager for a retail company and, and, and moving on my way up, I was going to be, you know, I was going to go up to be regional manager and I think so. I was, I was really moving, but I was working a lot, okay? My kids were little and they were growing up and um, I had a friend in the banking industry, and I went to him one day and I said, hey, man, do you have any openings at the bank? And he said, yeah, as a matter of fact, we have a customer service person and, and, it, and this would be good. And I said, man, you know what? I'd love to get in the bank. I'd love to work eight to five, have weekends off. I'd love to do that, man. I, I have great customer service skills. And he's like, cool. So he says, let me put in a good word for you. So I got an interview. Okay, I'm thinking this is a, this is a slam dunk. Okay, I have management experience. I mean, this is somebody that they can use. I remember going to the interview. I remember just, you know, say this is, had the interview, blah, blah, blah. Thought, man, this is it. Paid pretty decent, but I know I could work my way up. Okay. And what happened was they picked somebody else. I was devastated. I was like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me, listen, I nailed the interview. Okay. My friend put in a good word for me. I mean, he's, I have the experience, see my plans, my plans guys, in my mind, got little kids, two little girls, wife, my plans were to get in with the bank and probably stay in Santa Fe uh, until I retired, stay in the bank, um, but my principal foundation had to be whatever the Lord wanted to do. You see, he can and he did change my plans to fulfill his plans for my life. You understand that, right? Because in my mindset, had I gotten that job, this is my plans, this is the job. Man, I'd have stayed there and the Lord's like, hey man, I want you to move. I want you to plant a church. No, Lord, I have a good job right here. I'm, I'm here, Lord. No, no. Listen, I have retired. And, and so my principle had to be whatever you want, God. Whatever you want. You see, his plan was for me to be yielded to him for whatever he wanted me to do. You know how they say hindsight is twenty twenty. I look back and think, wow, Lord, what amazing you are. See, at the time, I was like, God doesn't love me. No, I didn't say that. But you know what I mean. I was just like so bummed that, that I didn't have this job, man. Eight to five, now I'm working a lot. My kids are growing up. I just, come on. And God's like, no, no, no. See, I have something. I'm have, I have a different path for you that's going to take you here. It's going to take you there. It's going to move you there. And then you're going to end up pastoring a church in Lubbock, Texas. If he would have told me that, I would have been like, Mm-mm. what are you talking about? Now, don't get me wrong. Getting a job and staying there and retiring is not a bad thing, okay? Somebody's like, Pastor Ben said I can quit. No, I'm not saying quit. I'm saying, what are you saying? Be the very best you are for God. See, God's plan for you, just follow it as long as you do these two things. You go, what's that? Live like Jesus is coming back at any moment. In your job, live like he's coming back. Okay? Devotion, prayer, walking with him, walking in humility, pray like, I mean, and that should be the, that should be the foundation, right? So, and, and then be willing. God, here I am. I've got this. I love this. But if you're willing to move me, you're willing to change my life, I belong to you.
I belong to you. Now, listen, a lot of notes today, but I heard a quote that I think and I believe sums up what Paul is teaching us today. You go, what's that? Jot this down. Quote, smart people have plans, wise people have principles, end quote. I thought that was great, right? Smart people have plans, wise people people have principles, okay? That's what Paul is going to want to teach us as we go in today. Now, before we jump into our text, remember what we talked about, okay? Last week, we talked about money, okay? But more specifically, uh, the collection to the saints in Jerusalem. Look at verse 1 with me real quick. He says, now concerning the collection for the saints, I love that Paul calls them saints. We knew that they were poor people in Jerusalem, but Paul doesn't say, hey, remember the poor people? He says, no, they're saints, right? Because we're all equal in God's playing field. You realize that. We're all equal. Isn't that crazy? And he says, now, for the collection, he says, I've given orders to the churches of Galatia, you must do also. So he's asking him to be obedient. He says, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collection when I come. And when I come, whenever whoever you approve by letters, I will send and bear gifts to Jerusalem. But if it's fitting that I also that I go also, then they will go with me. So Paul just kind of lays out some money. Now, remember, here I don't know if you caught it, okay? But in verses 1 and 2 and 3, think about it. Money and giving, they also have a principal foundation. They also have a principal foundation. Why? Because think about it. Paul's saying, listen, it's not just like, hey, you need to give money. He says, listen, here's the deal. On the first day of the week, you need to give. Okay, because there's some poor people, and, and he says, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that we have a foundation so that you can give. And so it's so amazing. But what we have to remember, we have to remember as we talked last week that Paul is answering um, some issues involving the church there at Corinth. Okay, and he, he actually answered five major issues, but there's some minor ones. Hey, what do we do about the collection? And he's like, listen, I don't want to come to the church and be like, hey, man, how come you guys haven't given? You know you should be giving. Come on, there's some, there's some poor people in Jerusalem. I'm going to be heading over that way. All the other churches have given, and you haven't. Okay, he doesn't want to do that. He says, y'all are grown-ups. Here's how we should work. Here's how we should work. You go, well, who is, he, who is he writing to? Well, remember, and what is so important is we must remember that the collection was to God's people. That's for God's people. Now, here's how... Here's how it works in our lives, okay? Here's how it works in our lives. Here, well, let me just say this. Here's how it works in our church, okay? When there's a need come up, I'll get phone calls from time to time, and there will be people that say, hey, pastor, can you help me? Can you help me pay the bill? Can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? Now, my first uh, responsibility is to the body of, of Christ, okay? And even before that, I want to make sure that we are helping the people that call Calvary Chapel home. So if there's people hurting here, if we have allotted money, that's who it goes to first. People here, we're going we're gonna to do that, okay? Second is, hey, are you part of the body? And so I'll always pray. I'll always pray. I'll say, listen, what can we do? And, I'll, and, and I will, we will do our very best because we know it's for God's people. So Paul says, here's the principal foundation. Here's the principal foundation. On the first day, guys, give, give, give. And, and, and here's what we took away last week. We took away uh, the biblical principle uh, about giving. You go, what's that? Number one, here it is. Here's your, here's your foundation. You need to give with a cheerful heart. 
You need to give with it. I mean, it just needs, listen, it's to you, God. Remember, when you give, you're giving to God. Yeah, but the pastor gets it or the, or the church gets No, no, no. You're giving to God. That's the attitude of your heart. Cheerful. And it should be hilariously. I mean, we should be sitting here going, <laughs> this is amazing. Wow, you know what we could do with it? Here you go. It's so cool. It's so cool. The problem is, well, I don't want to get into the problem. Sorry, I don't. We we could go way over here with that. So we should give. We should give with with, with a cheerful heart. Number two, we should give each week. Give something. Give something. And so pray and ask the Lord. If he wants you to give 10%, give 10%. If he wants you to give 5%, give 5%. If he wants you to give 35%, give 35%. But ask the Lord. Guys, listen, I'm telling you. You talk about a man trying to walk by faith. That's me this month. Okay, God. I'm going to the, I'm going to the mailbox. Lord, Lord, please. And then, poof. Wow. Lord, you're so good. I don't know why I doubted you. You know, I don't know. I really didn't doubt you, Lord. You know what I'm saying? And uh, But we're walking by faith. But but we need to give something each week, and we need to pray and ask the Lord. And can I just say, you guys have been super amazing. To get, I'm serious. I'm, I'm blown away. I'm blown away how God has moved in your heart. Third principle we learned, guys, is that, is that um, Lord, help us to understand this principle. What's that? That we have received spiritual... We've gotten saved so, th- so that we may return the help financially. Think about this. What if God called everybody to be a pastor? Well, then there would be nobody working to support the church to support those pastors. So, so God goes, Here, this, is, this is how I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to make sure that there are people who out there have jobs and are working, and they'll contribute to the church, and as the pastor does his job, and it just goes forth like that. It's just, it's just an amazing thing. Now, I understand that this past month, now, now listen, I understand this past month has been hard. Our, our barbers, you know, the different people who, who, who live, they don't have any money. And I'm not going to stand before me, hey, you guys got to give no matter what. You know what I'm going to say? What do you need? What do you need? How can we help you? We'll do our very best. We're not very big, but we'll do our very best. Why? Because in a time of need, they need to know. They need to know. And, man, several churches, Calvary Chapel Tucson is, is giving food away to those that are affected. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. And, and that's how it's got to be. That's how it's got to be. So we need, to, we need to understand. Now, coming to chapter 16, you guys remember. Okay, if we were going to do a synopsis of the chapter, the first thing is, is Paul is addressing still the questions. Okay, these are minor ones, but you got to remember the church is a mess. They were carnal, they were self-seeking, and they thought they knew it all. And so what he does is he addresses money, and now he's going to address plans. Next week, we're going to talk about people. But let's jump into our text for today. We're talking about plans with foundational principles. Everybody got that? Plans with foundational principles. Okay, so... Picking it up in verse 5, it says, Now, I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia, period. Okay, so when you read the word of God, you would stop and you'd raise your hand. You go, I, if God said that his word is inspired, why is Paul writing me about what? Listen, listen, why would he? Hey, listen, Alex, I'm going to come to your house today. No, maybe I won't. Well, when I'm passing through the grocery store, I was like, I don't, 
what? What? No, 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 no. Stay with me, okay? Because Paul plans to come and visit this church on his way to Macedonia. Okay, this is his plans. Now, we have to do some work. Why? Because I need to set up the context of what's going on. Paul has had three missionary journeys, okay? He, he's had the first one, the second one, and in the third missionary journey, okay, this is, he's going to go to Galatia. He's going to visit the churches there. He's going to hang out in Ephesus. Everybody put in your mind Ephesus because in Ephesus is where he writes the letter to Corinth. Let me say that again, okay? Where is he writing the letter from? Ephesus as he wrote this letter to Corinth. Now, Paul's going to visit Macedonia where he's going to write 2 Corinthians. You need to keep that in mind because when we tackle 2 Corinthians in a few weeks, guess what? We're going to need to know, oh, where is he writing this from? Okay, so he's writing 1 Corinthians from Ephesus. He's going to write 2 Corinthians from Macedonia. Now, Paul's first intention, his plan, had been to pass through Corinth on his way to Macedonia. And then he says, then when I come back, I want to hang out with you guys again. And he actually tells us that in his letter from Macedonia. In 2 Corinthians, guys, chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, he says this. Paul writes, in and in this confidence, I in, I intended to come to you before that you might have a second benefit. Verse 16, to pass by way of you to Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia to you and be helped by you on my way to Judea. Okay, so in 1 Corinthians, you guys with me? He says, guys, I want to come and see you. And as I go to Macedonia, I can stop by. Well, while something happened, something changed. Because over here in 2 Corinthians, he writes, I really wanted to go do that. I really wanted to come to Macedonia. And then verse 17, check this out. Now listen, he says, Therefore, when I was planning this, he says, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh that with me there should be yes, yes, and no, no? You go, what did Paul say? Okay. Something happened where Paul says, man, I want to come see you. And then he didn't get a chance to. And then all of a sudden he's writing going, somebody in the Corinthian church started going, Paul, you said you were going to come see us and you just, you planned to come and you said you were going to come and you did it and and you broke your promise. And Paul's like this. He says this, check it out. He says, guys, you may be asking why I changed my plan. Do you think I make plans carelessly? Do you think I'm like people of the world that say yes when they really mean no? He says, as surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. You know, what's his rap? What is Paul talking about? Here's what he's saying. He's he's reminding us of the foundational principle, okay? Smart people have plans, but wise people have principles. He's, he's reminding us of the basic foundational principle of God. He's saying, I belong to God, and, and I intended to come to Corinth. God changed it. God changed it. And the people are going, well, you said you were going to come. He says, man, God, God really moved that way. God really moved that way. 
It's so funny. When we planted this church, guys, I remember, I remember we had, we had no idea where to go. Had no idea. We're just like, okay, Lord, where do you want us? I know you want me to plant a church. I know you want me. And I said, I know it's somewhere in Texas. So I emailed Pastor Bill. Hey, Pastor Bill, this is Pastor, well, this, yeah, it was Pastor, this is Pastor Ben. I'm just, uh, thinking about planting a church. You know, here's where I was thinking. I was thinking Laredo. I don't know why. Okay? I don't know why. I just, well, I'd be a good place. Pastor Bill from Amarillo emails me back and he says, have you ever thought of Lubbock? I didn't even know where, I mean, I passed through here once, but I didn't know where it was. I had no idea. I said, Lubbock, I've always heard some strange things about Lubbock. Like this is, I mean, like you can't get there from here. I mean, I get all that. So I was like, Lubbock, I never, I never thought of Lubbock. Huh. And it's because of Bill we're here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was the Lord. It was the Lord, okay? Because the foundational principle was, I think of, I think of Pastor Soph, if you've ever heard his testimony, he's kind of the same thing, right? Here you have a Samoan who loves the beach, right? Hi, Vaughn, if you're watching, right? You love the beach. They want to be, and God's like, go to Lubbock where it's flat. What? And if you talk to Sophie, he's like, this is the last place I would have chose. But I felt like God was calling me. And, and he, he really wanted to come help his nephews. And he's been a big blessing to help me. So I guess I'm your nephew. Okay, I'm just kind of your family. So you get, he's been a big blessing to help. But that's his testimony. Okay, so you go pastor your point. Here's the point, guys. We all have stories like that. But here's what I would say. I would say that I trust that as believers, we need to filter our decisions on the foundational principle that God can change them if he wants to. These are my plans, but God, you have full reign. These are my plans. I plan to do this. I plan to do that, right? And then, and then the second thing is filter them through the word of God. Filter them through the word of God. We have to have the foundational principle. As a matter of fact, the Word of God talks about that. If you're taking note, you can jot this down. The first one is found in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. Chapters 21, Proverbs 21, verse 5 says this. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. What? He's saying, yeah, see guys, the plans of the diligent, man, we're going to, right? You, you've, you've all that, right? We don't plan to Fail, we only fail to plant. That's what he's saying. He's saying, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. He says, but if you don't plan, he says, man, you're gonna, you might fail. You might fail. We go, amen, I've heard that. I've heard that before. Well, okay, so, so we should plan. Can I get an amen? You go, amen. Jot this down. Proverbs chapter 19, 21 says this. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. So that's the principle, right? God, here it is. Here's what I plan to do. I plan to do this. I plan to do that. I plan to open a business. I plan to go here. I plan to go to school there. I plan, I plan, I plan to put money in the bank account because my kids are going to need to go to college. I plan to work until a certain age. I plan to, but Lord, they're all yours anyway. So you could change that. You could change that at any moment. That's the foundational principle. Right? Guys, it's good to plan. That's what Paul's saying. It's good to plan, but it's equally good to say, God, here's my plan. You can change them if you will. 
It was Pastor Mike McIntosh of Horizon Christian Fellowship who used to go to the uh, hospital, and before he walked in the door, he said, God, I'm here to visit so-and-so and so, but if you want to change those plans and you want me to stay longer and you want me to... And so he'd walk through by every room looking in and just praying and, ask, and waiting for the Spirit to go, hey, I want you to go in and pray. I want you to go in and, and do that, and I think that's how we need to live our lives, okay? So, so we plan our lives. We plan our lives like, like Jesus is not coming back for 100 years, Okay? Jesse's got a little one. He's, if God doesn't come back, he's got to send him to college. He's got to, I mean, you know, he's, he's got a plan. He, he, we, we, cannot, we cannot just go, well, Lord, okay, we're just going to sit here and do nothing. And we've got a plan, amen? But we want to live like the Lord's coming back today. And how important is that, guys, that we are sensitive to God's Holy Spirit so that he can speak to us at that moment. You're standing in line at the Home Depot. You're waiting for, you know, I mean, you're waiting at the grocery store and and God just impresses upon your heart, whatever it might be, to share, to love, to give. Okay, okay, God. Wow, that's weird. Because how many times have you been sensitive to God's Holy Spirit, and, he, and you're going, okay, I'm going to go to Walmart. i got to get a few things. And he says, no, 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 I don't want you to go to Walmart. I want you to go to Market Street. I don't want to go to Market Street. It's more expensive. Are you kidding me? Blah, 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 blah. No, I don't want you. Because at, at Market Street, I have this person that you're going to intersect with, and you haven't seen in a while, and you get to share and witness. We just got to, that's what he's saying, guys. It's good to plan, but it's only good to plan if your foundational principle is going, God, you, 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 you have it all anyway. You have it all. It goes on in verse 6. Notice what he says. And it may be that I still remain, Paul is talking to the Corinthians, or even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. Remember, he's going, he's exactly what he said. He says, listen, this is where I want to go, and I want to hang out with you, and, and I'll even hang out in the winter, and then when we're done, you guys can send me. He says, for I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay with you a while with you, if the Lord permits. But he says, but I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great effective door has opened up to me, and there are many adversaries. Now, I mean, this is chocked full, okay? Here's what he says. He says, now, now listen, he's going to outline his future plan. Listen, I want to go to you. I want to hang out with you. I love this. Okay, so so remember, here's the thing. The church is a mess. It's a mess. And Paul's heart is, I want to go spend time with you, and I want to make sure that you're right in the Lord. Okay, I know I've addressed the five major problems. I know I've, we've talked about all of these things. But he said, man, there's nothing like seeing you face-to-face and spending time with you. I, I want to do that. He says, but as a matter of fact, guess what, guys? And here's Practical Ministry 101. He says, but I'm going to hang out in Ephesus because a door has opened up, and you know how I know it's a door? Because, man, we've got a lot of opposition. We've got a lot of opposition. Let's take that personal, okay? Listen, if you are going to do the ministry, and I don't mean be called into the ministry, I mean be a Christian and do ministry, which we're called to do, right? The Bible says that you are to be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Every one of you does ministry. You're going to get attacked, there's going to be some adversaries. There's going to be some opposition. doesn't matter what you do. doesn't matter what you do. There's going to be some stuff. And sometimes it comes from the weirdest place. Your own family. What? What's going on? Or, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just strange. But you need to be aware of it. This is what Paul is saying. And our problem is, is that when we walk in the ministry and we get attacked, we go, well, this is, 
I didn't expect that. No, no, Paul says right here, look what he says. He says, listen, I'm going to stay here till Pentecost. He says, for a great and effective door has opened to me. And everybody goes, amen. He goes, and there are many adversaries. There are many adversaries. And so he wants to make sure he's telling us, guys, listen, there are both. And here's what you got to jot this down. There are both battles and blessings in ministry. There are both battles and blessings in ministry. Okay? And so you'll see the battles. Whew, that was tough. And then you'll feel the blessings. You'll feel the blessings. Paul, by faith, guys, looks at the blessings and not the battles. Ooh, I wish I could learn that lesson even more. I'm telling you right now. I, me and Paul, we're different. Because at times I find myself looking at the battles more than I do the blessings. I can't believe that. Why is this happening to me? I can't believe And Paul's like, no, no, no. Paul says, now, by faith, I'm going to choose to look at the blessings and let the battles be. Guys, I know it's really tough right now for us to even consider future plans. You're going, Ben, I don't even, I don't even know what's going to happen next week. I, and I understand because we, we live daily. Okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? But never forget, guys, that we must plan our future. We must trust the Lord to see us through. See, plans might change, but God never does. And the thing about it is he's got you right now in his hands, and he's holding you, and he's loving on you. And you go, man, I don't understand what's going on. That's okay. Just stay right in his hands. Just stay in his hands. See, our foundational principle comes from the word of God. You've got to say, okay, Lord, it's you. I trust you. I trust you. One of my favorite verses, guys, is Micah 6.8. Micah 6.8, Old Testament prophet, he writes this. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God? I love this. Why? Because even when a time that I can't plan and I feel like things are going out of control, okay, stay with me, church, stay with me. Micah says, here's what he requires of you. Here's, here's what he wants you to do. Okay, what does he want us to do? He wants us to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before our God. So in the planning stages, we need to walk humbly. And I know you're asking me, go, Ben, what, what are some, what are some ways that we can walk humbly? Well, number one, guys, if you're taking note, I think it's important to remember who's in charge and praise him. Remember who's in charge. With all sincerity and honesty and love, remember, God is in control of all of this. And man will stand up and go, we're going to do this, and you can't. And man, listen, God is, God is, he's in charge. And I have no problem submitting to that God. I have no problem trusting in God's sovereignty. I have seen him do more in my life then I could even have time to explain, so I trust him. It may not be the way I see, it may not come out the way I, but I trust him, okay? So I know he's in charge, that's how I walk humbly. You go, number two, pray for a humble heart. Pray for a humble heart. Lord, make my heart, I want to walk humbly before you. 
I don't want to think that I'm anything superior or great or amazing. And boy, you're lucky that I'm on your team, God. I want a humble heart. I want a heart that just walks in humility. That's the one thing. I'm praying for that. Number three, pay attention to your own faults than to the flaws of other. You see, we'll walk humility when we pay attention to our own faults before going, well, you know what? This person and this person and this person and you. And you know what? No, 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 no. Look at your own heart. And say, oh, man, Lord, forgive me. Number four, try not to watch yourself in worship. Sometimes we're so surrounded we're so surrounded by, are my hands raised? Who's watching me? What's going on? That we forget that we're worshiping the king of kings. And, and in, a, in a weird way, we sort of watch ourselves. If we don't watch ourselves, we're watching somebody else. Oh, did you see? What? So guys, when we come to worship, man, it's, it's, it's worship. And our goal, our goal is, is for you to know the songs so that you don't have to look at the words. Now, they're up there because they're new songs, but, but it should be at the point where your eyes are, and you're focused on him. This is just a guess. This is a guess, but we might get to heaven and go, man, we've been worshiping all wrong. It, it's going to be so pure and so amazing. I, I want to experience a little of that here. And so I think that, that you know, again, again. And, and let, you know what? Let, let me give you the last one. Let me give you the last one, okay? Serve others. You want to walk humbly? Serve others. So the basic foundational principle in what Paul is saying, he goes, I have plans, but God has every right to change those plans. And then he says, oh, by the way, I love his heart. Look at verse 10. He says, if Timothy comes... See that he may be with you without fear. For he does the work of the Lord, as I also do. Then he says, therefore, let no one despise him, but send him on his journey in peace, that he may come to me, for I'm waiting for him with the brethren. Don't you just love Paul's heart? Why? Because he's going, here it is. I have plans. Oh, by the way, I, I plan that, that Timothy's going to come. And when he comes, guys, guys, listen. I know, I know my son in the faith, and he, and he's a little timid and a little afraid. Just a little bit, okay? He's he's serving the Lord Jesus with all of his heart. He said, um, "I love that young man. I love that young man." So what does he do, guys? He encourages the church. He encourages the saints to receive him and assist him because he's doing God's work. He's doing God's work. I like what Warren Wearsby writes on this. He writes, quote, we should never despise a worker because he's not another Apostle Paul, end quote. We shouldn't be looking down, oh, well, you're not, you're not pastor so-and-so, you're not pastor so you know, hey, are you doing the work of the, oh, amen, let's help him. Let's help him. Guys, let me take, let me take this time to, I mean, guys, I was telling Mel earlier, I, I get this, I get to be up here, okay, I, I get to see you. I get to preach. God's gifted me. Amen. But none of this happens without, without godly people to help me, which are equal. You understand that? We, 
we respect the office of the pastor, but we realize that, man, it takes a team to grow a church. And it's a team of individuals who are rubbing elbows and bumping each other, but it's a team nonetheless. And I always want to walk humbly and say, listen, I get to do this, amen, but without Mel and without Jesse and without Soph and Talia and Adam and all these, I mean, all of the people, all the security and Joseph, and all, we're all the same, guys. We're all the same. Because I can't be here and then running to the door. And I can't be here and running to the sound. And I can't be here and trying to figure out what's... You understand that. We're all the same. And so we should never look down on people because they're not a pastor. Or because they're not pastor so-and-so. And Paul's going to mention that. Why? Because notice what he says in verse 12. He says, now concerning our brother Apollos. Now he's bringing up Apollos again. He says, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brethren, but he was quite unwilling to come at this time. However, he will come when, when he has a convenient time. Now, I gotta be honest with you. I gotta be honest with you. When I read that verse, the first thing that welled up in me is like, I am Paul. If I tell Apollos to come, he better come. He should be willing to come. Right? I mean, it was just like, come on, dude, what do you mean he had a more convenient, what do you got better to do, Apollos? You know, I mean, no, no, no. But in further study, Apollos followed Paul at Corinth, and he and Paul had good fellowship. And I wonder, I wonder if Paul was unwilling to come at this, Apollos was unwilling to come at this time because he didn't want to cause more division in the church. Because you guys remember back part of, part of the beginning, the, the first problem, right? You remember? They were coming in going, oh, no, 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 your pastor's, your pastor's who? No, we're of Apollos. He's a gifted teacher. You need to come. Your pa- no, and somebody go, no, not Apollos. Apollos doesn't even know anything. We, 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 we follow Cephas. And so they were causing division. And so Paul goes, hey, you know what? I know I wanted Apollos to come, but guess what? He said, mm, now's not a good time. And I love Paul's heart. Why? He's trusting in God's plan. He's trusting that, oh, my problem, my problem is sometimes I just see one-sided. We, this is what we got to do for the Lord, and I forget that the Lord is directing them. And so he's like, oh, okay, yeah. Hey, he'll, he'll come when, when God opens that door for him. Amen. So he talks about Timothy. Hey, be nice to Timothy. Apollos. Now, the scripture doesn't tell us, but we do know this. Apollos said no. He's going to come at a different time. He's going to come at a different time. Okay. So as we come to a close, I want us to remember, guys. I want us to remember the statement that I've made time after time. That we plan our lives like Jesus isn't coming back for a hundred years. But we live our lives like he's coming back today. Okay? That means we plan our lives... Jasper's going to grow up, okay? He's going to go to college, going to get married. Adam's going to be a grandpa, all of that stuff, all, all, all his kids. I'm not just, Jasper's the baby. But Adam and Tiffany and the family live their lives like this, looking for the return of Jesus. We just live our lives just going, okay. 
And don't worry, Adam, you're going with us. I checked with the Lord. He said, you're in. So you don't have to worry about that, bro. You're, 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 you're in. Guys, when it comes to plans and the foundational principle and living for Jesus each and every day, I don't think there's a greater witness than a life surrendered for God. See, a man or woman living for Jesus every moment is such a great witness. Listen, we are planners, but our lives speak the gospel. Okay? We are planners, but our lives speak the gospel. So, let me leave you with this, okay? I'm going to leave you with this story. We're going to pray, and then I'm going to come back, and I want to talk to you for just a moment. But listen, our lives, we're going to plan. God, you direct them, but there's no greater plan than to live our life for Jesus because it speaks the gospel. Let me leave you with this. An old legend imagines Jesus arriving in heaven right after the ascension. Welcome by all the angels, the angel Gabriel asked Jesus, You suffered much, dying for the sins of mankind. Does everyone down on earth know it? Oh, no, replied the Savior. Just a handful of folks in Jerusalem and Galilee know about it. Well, Master, continued Gabriel, what is your plan for everyone to know of your great love? The Master replies, I've asked my apostles to carry the message into all the world. And I've told them to tell others who will in turn tell others until the last person in the farthest corner of has heard the story. Gabriel, his, Gabriel faced clouds and he spots a flaw in the plan. Lord, what if after a while Peter forgets and he goes back to fishing in Galilee and also James and John and Andrew? Lord, suppose Matthew returns to the tax booth in Capernaum and all others lose their zeal and just don't tell others. What then? After a pause comes the calm voice of the Lord Jesus. Gabriel, I have no other plan. I thought that was so fitting. Why? Because the Lord says, listen, here's what Paul's saying. Here's my plans. God, here's the principle. You can direct me anyway. Anyway. I choose, Lord, listen, I know that there are times I'll get frustrated. God, what are you doing? I don't understand this. But then I see what you're doing and I go, wow. Thank you, Lord. But then as I live my life for Jesus, that's the greatest plan of all because people see the gospel. And what I'd like to do right now, those of you watching, listen, we, we've had views from all over the world. And so if you're watching and you, you, you just happen to be on Facebook and you accidentally found us and you go, hey man, that guy looks like he needs a haircut, I'll watch him. I don't know what it might be, but... 
But I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to the Lord. Will you just pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I believe, God, that you're speaking to me right now, and I believe that I've, I've walked away from you. I'm far from you. But I believe I'm one decision right now, Lord, to come back to you. And so I open up my heart and I invite you inside. I say, Lord, come in. Forgive me. I believe. I repent. I am yours. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, man, we love you. We want to hear from you. We know that it's going out. I don't always hear if people have prayed that prayer. Um, they're not always quick to, to send me a note or, or a message or a phone call. But if you have, we'd love to hear about it. Because we do have some resources for you that we'd love to give you. And we want to help you and encourage you along the way. Here's the plan for your life. You ready? For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. That's the plan. What's that mean? That means like while you're here on earth, man, live for Jesus. Live for Jesus. And then at the end of your life, you get heaven forever. That's, the, that's, that's where it's at, man. Father, thank you today for your word and the truth in your word. Thank you that we have plans. Thank you that a wise person plans, or a smart person's plan, but a wise person has principles. Our principle should be upon the foundation of the word of God, and we thank you for that. Bless those that are watching. Help us to worship you now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.